Hey there, welcome to this Real Life Church podcast. In this particular podcast, uh, we're making our way through the New New City Catechism. Uh, The New City Catechism is a modern catechism, I think put together in 2017. Uh, 52 questions and answers with scripture uh, and covers a whole range, really, really the whole range of the foundational truths of the Christian faith. And like I said, each question and answer has scripture. Um, because you know, catechism or confession is only as good as it is f- uh, faithful to, to the Bible. The Bible is our final authority for what is true and what we're to believe and how we're to live. And so, um, so yeah, I encourage you to join along. If you have not been uh, following along or go- making your way through the New City Catechism uh, with us, we're, um, then I would encourage you to jump in today. We're going to jump into question 11. And if you remember, if you've been following along, uh, about four questions ago, we, we looked at all the Ten Commandments. What does the law of God consist in the Ten Commandments? And we went through all of them. And then question 9, 10, 11, and 12 next week's, um, it takes two or three of the, of the Ten Commandments and kind of gives the sense or the heart of the command. So today in question 11, Uh, The question is this, what does God require in the 6th, 7th, and 8th commandments? And hold on tight, this is a long, long answer. Um, But so I'm going to read the long answer, and then I'm also going to read the short answer. Uh, If you have any kids that are learning this, as the kids are in our church, then uh, I would encourage uh, to start with the short answer, because it it too is actually fairly long. So... uh, the answer to question 11, sixth, that we do not hurt or hate or be hostile to our neighbor, but be patient and peaceful, pursuing even our enemies with love. Seventh, that we abstain from sexual immorality and live purely and faithfully, whether in marriage or in single life, avoiding all impure actions, looks, words, thoughts, or desires, or whatever might lead to them. Eighth, that we do not take without permission that which belongs to someone else, nor withhold any good from someone we might benefit. Now, here's the shorter answer. What does, the, what does God require in the sixth, seventh, and eighth commandments? Here's the shorter answer. Sixth, that we do not hurt or hate our neighbor. Seventh, that we live purely and faithfully. Eighth, that we do not take without permission that which belongs to someone else. Now, you can see from the answer um, that the law of God goes beyond mere outward actions and really gets to the heart, really gets to the heart of our thoughts, our intentions, and so forth. So the the law of God is obeyed not merely externally, but, uh, but the law is truly obeyed when it's obeyed from the heart. So the sixth commandment says, you shall not murder. But Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, That if you have anger in your heart and call your brother a fool, then what you've done is you've murdered him in your heart. The seventh commandment says you shall not commit adultery. But Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount um, that that if a man looks at a woman with lustful intent, then he has committed adultery with her in his heart. The eighth commandment says you shall not steal. Right? And so the point is that the law addresses not only our outward actions, but also our hearts. Martin Lloyd-Jones, a famous English preacher in the 20th century, 
says that Jesus shows that an evil desire is as damnable as a deed. A thought and an imagination are as reprehensible in the sight of God as the act committed. And therefore, the law of God must be obeyed externally, no doubt, but it must come from a heart that is submissive to the law. Beloved, the Bible is clear that we are utterly incapable of keeping the law perfectly, which is required for salvation. And that's part of what Jesus is getting at in the Sermon on the Mount. It's to show us our utter inability to keep the law, to keep it perfectly, which is what we need to do, right? God requires perfect obedience to the law, which we cannot do. So we need another to keep it for us and be given the righteousness of another. And this, of course, is the hope of the gospel, that through faith in Christ, his perfect obedience, his perfect sinlessness is counted as ours, right? His perfect law keeping is counted or credited to our accounts, this accounting word, this accounting verbiage, his perfect obedience credited to our account. But the gospel does not absolve us from the obligation to obey the Ten Commandments, right? This is God's moral law. This is God's moral standard. And God's moral standard shows us what he is like. It also shows us our, our inability to keep it. But then it also shows us how we can, by God's grace, live a life that pleases him. So the gospel does not absolve us from an obligation to, keep, to, to obey the Ten Commandments. Rather, it empowers us to do so. For the law is summed up by the commands to love God and to love our neighbor, to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. And through the new birth, we are given the gift of the Holy Spirit who makes us alive in Christ. We're given a new heart with new desires, and the law now written on our minds and hearts so that we obey, though not perfectly, from the heart. So we do, we are given the ability to obey God from the heart. Now, the scripture that goes with question and answer number 11 is Romans 13, 9. And it says this, For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love is what fulfills the law. Love for God, which is described for us in commands one through four, and love for neighbor, which is described for us in commands five through 10.